Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast. Core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. This week, we're going to talk a bit about the treatment of community-acquired pneumonia and some updates in the literature. Let's start with the basics. Community-acquired pneumonia, or CAP, is defined as a lower bronchial tree infection in a patient that has not been hospitalized in the last 90 days and is a commonly diagnosed disease. There are between 2 and 4 million episodes per year in the U.S. with roughly 500,000 hospital admissions. The common pathogens we see in CAP are strep pneumonia, haemophilus influenza, and then some atypical pathogens, Legionella, Mycoplasma, and Chlamydophilia. Currently, most outpatients are treated with azithromycin or another macrolide antibiotic as this drug gives a simple treatment regimen, single drug, simple dosing, short course. However, the efficacy of this regimen has been questioned in recent years as resistance patterns shift. And that brings us to the article at hand to review by Heron et al., Macrolide Resistance in Cases of Community-Acquired Bacterial Pneumonia in the Emergency Department in the Journal of Emergency Medicine 2018. They note a rising antibiotic resistance. Emergency providers select antibiotics empirically based on the most likely pathogens, and strep pneumo is the most common overall. Without knowledge of the actual pathogen, we are really guessing to a certain degree based on our local resistance patterns. Those local resistance patterns are going to guide our antibiotic selection. The 2007 Infectious Disease Society of America American Thoracic Society recommendations list macrolides as a first-line therapy for CAP, but they also note that alternate drugs should be considered when strep pneumo resistance exceeds 25%. In vitro resistance rates currently exceed this threshold across all regions in the U.S., and we'll drop a map of that in the show notes. Although in vitro resistance doesn't directly correlate to in vivo resistance or treatment failure, it's used as a surrogate due to the difficulty in determining actual clinical failure. The cost of rising resistance is important to consider as well. Failure of outpatient treatment for CAP can result in a number of deleterious outcomes. While death is unlikely, hospitalization for treatment failure is common. Admission to the hospital or placement in an OBS area for intravenous antibiotics is costly and can lead to iatrogenic harm. The benefit of admission appears to outweigh the harms in treatment failure, but this is unlikely to be true when treatment failure is due to inadequacy of the antibiotic choice. There are a number of alternate antibiotics that we can consider. If we can't use macrolides, what should we be using? We'll drop a table from this article in the show notes detailing different regimens, but I want to get into a couple of them. If the old go-to azithromycin doesn't work, what should we be using? I'll give you my regimen, but I also asked a bunch of folks from different parts of the country for their recommendations as well. The caveat here is that it's vital for you to check your local resistance patterns before embracing the alternate strategies. I typically will prescribe a beta-lactam, something like amoxicillin, 500 milligrams every six hours for seven days, plus a macrolide like azithromycin. This combination is likely to cover both strep pneumo and the atypicals. Rick Pescatore from Southern New Jersey and Jenny Beck-Esme in New York City suggest that we can replace the amoxicillin with ceftonir, 300 milligrams twice a day for seven days. And I like that recommendation because twice a day dosing is much easier than four times a day dosing. Additionally, Rick and Salim Rezai from San Antonio, Texas, note that the amoxicillin dose recommended by the IDSA is 1,000 milligrams three times a day for seven days, though this was specifically recommended for patients with high-risk features, not your run-of-the-mill community-acquired pneumonia. Salim likes to swap out the amoxicillin for amoxclavulenic acid, 875-125-BAD for seven days in higher-risk patients. 
Doxycycline 100 milligrams every 12 hours for 7 to 10 days can be an alternate as well, but due to increasing strep pneumoresistance, I reserve this for patients who have close follow-up or who I can see in the ED in the next 2 to 3 days for clinical improvement. Failure of this approach would prompt me to add amoxicillin as above. Rob Bryant and Carolyn Vines, who work in Intermountain in Utah, have a similar approach. Doxycycline is first line for them due to better susceptibility patterns of strep pneumo, and then azithro plus amoxicillin, 1,000 milligrams, three times a day times seven days, is a second line, with fluoroquinolones as their third line. I typically avoid the fluoroquinolones due to their side effect profile, but will consider using them in specific cases, for instance, if the patient has a severe penicillin or a severe penicillin encephalosporin allergy. Let's hit a couple of take-homes before we wrap up for the week. Changing resistance patterns have rendered azithromycin inadequate as a lone agent for the treatment of community-acquired pneumonia. Any antibiotic regimen you employ has to cover typical pathogens like strep pneumo and haemophilus influenza, as well as the atypical, legionella, mycoplasma, and chlamydophilia. There are multiple antibiotic regimens that you can use, but the most common regimens that I found are amoxicillin or ceftonir plus azithromycin. That's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net. We've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. We'll have a core post up on Wednesday and a journal update up on Thursday. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter where our handle is at core underscore EM. Thanks. And see you all next week.